Hello and welcome to episode 203 of the Saints Score podcast, where we discuss everything going on at Southampton Football Club. The Saints switched their attention to the FA Cup on the weekend with a much changed Southampton side sneaking a replay against Watford to discuss it all and preview the transfer deadline day and the upcoming trip to Rotherham. My name is Harry Tizard and I'm joined by Ollie Boast and Jamie Allen this week. And I'll start with Ollie. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's it's not been long since we've talked, hasn't it? So it feels just right. like yesterday we were talking. Um, but I'm, I'm doing all right. I haven't really got too much to report, really. I played football twice on Sunday, um, so I'm kind of I can't really move around the house. I'm more hobbling. I've been stood on both foot. It's not it's not been great, but I'm, I'm all right. I'm I'm hanging in there. Now, I want a little point from last week that you said you went to Wells, that was a, a very nice place, a very nice village. In actual facts from uh, a listener, it's a city because it's got a cathedral. So it's a very small city. <laughs> yeah, who I said know. that? Wait, do we know who uh, said that? Have you got the name? My mother. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, For goodness okay. sake. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, sorry, Mrs. Dizard. Um, yeah. Also, you. You scrabbled around, you looked at your notes, I thought you were going to say they're like, at yeah. whatever, like, oh, it's at Saitan72, and then you're like, no, mine not Fantastic. Uh, ja- Jamie, how are you doing this week? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. I'd like to say sorry again to the listeners for not being in the last few episodes. I've been a busy boy. Since the last one on the podcast, I've been on a ski trip. Played my first 11 aside match outfield, scored an absolute worldy top bin. We saw it. Didn't yeah, we? I, I sent it around every group chat. chat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've been working a lot, which is quite nice. As a freelancer, it's always fun when you're not actually doing something. You know, it's fun. It feels nice to be busy. Finally back. Well, that's good to hear. And do you know what? It was really good to hear that Stuart Armstrong netted in the 89th minute to keep our unbeaten streak going. 22 games it is now, which I think is the most on record in all competitions. And it was looking nervy at a lot of the game. We made nine changes. But Ollie, overall, what did you think of the match? Well, you've you've involved your mum in the podcast. I'm going to involve my dad in the podcast because Ooh. he was at the game. I called him again after on the ride back. I asked for his opinions and asked him what it was like in the stadium because, yeah, we didn't we didn't get to see much of it. But yeah, um, I think the general consensus was it was too many changes. I think we kind of meddled with the winning formula, and I think it was just maybe a little bit overwhelming for some of the people coming into the side for the first time. I think we're also possibly seeing why players like Holgate haven't been included in the first team for a while. Why Mara has only maybe been, you know, allowed substitute appearances. I think it's just because their impact for the side is much better as substitutes rather than full nineties. And it may be that they might build on with the minutes, but I think that first half was really uninspiring. And I think by the time we made the changes in the second half, we completely changed the game and looked the much stronger of side. So I think it's unfortunate because I think it gave a, a real opportunity for a lot of players. But I think the fact that there was nine changes really did did make it difficult for us to kind of, I don't know, kind of have that momentum together as a team. I think we really lost that. Um, and then, yeah, once the, the hard hit has come on in the second half, we really changed the game. 
And Jamie, how about you? Nine changes. Were you expecting that many? It didn't really feel like we needed to do that much, but I guess if you wanted to get some of the sideline players involved and they needed minutes, then fair enough. What are your thoughts on the game as a whole? Yeah, I think going into the game, seeing the whole the massive amount of changes that were implemented by Russell, I was very confused considering yeah, we kind of struggled to um beat Watford last time with us with our strongest eleven. Let yes, let alone changing nine nine positions. But I think it was obviously a very frustrating start with Joe Lumley doing his best Alex McCarthy impression and not covering his near post. <laughs> but um but yeah, like Ollie said, Holgate had a bit of an interesting game. But I, I would tell you what, I did like his, in the second half, his long shot of us on the box was unbelievable. And it unfortunately got parried over the bar. But yeah, it was, it was a very interesting game to watch. Well, I only watched the second half because I was busy during the first. However, yeah, it, was, it wasn't was most exciting. Obviously, I like I liked how Bellis and Stevens pairing up together. It's quite nice to see that because I think Bednarek obviously had... He got rested for the game, but it's nice to see him centre back partnership. However, I want to chuck Pedernick back in for the league games. That's that's for sure. Well, the important thing is we are in the hat for the next round, and we'll talk about the future opponents later. But let's just start with the Watford goal, Ollie. Just how bad was it? Because you could sort of see it coming with a one-man wall on the edge of the box. Maybe he's expecting a cross, but you know, if, if that's War Prowse there, he's shooting every single time. It wasn't that it was so wide that it, it could only be a cross. And then I look at Dibbling in the wall, only a 17-year-old, but he sort of turns his back, he opens the space up and it sort of reminded me of the, the Tony goal in the Premier League against Brentford, whereas as long as you could get it in that space, sorry, against Noski and Forrest, I should say, as long as you get it in that space, there's a good chance that he's going to score. Yeah, I think there was a couple mistakes in the actual lead-up as well. It was, it was kind of a needless foul. I don't think it needed to be committed. Um, and yeah, a kind of dispossession from our side, a little bit of an unforced error as well. So it felt like it was a kind of trio of mistakes, which kind of just, again, highlights players that haven't been in the first team for a while. And a miscommunication setting up the free kick as well. It wasn't... The reason you set up your ball there um, is... I guess to try and cover that near post but only one man in the ball it felt like we were rushed whereas in a way you can kind of stop the play a little bit and if the keeper is setting up his wall and stuff like that you can make sure it's right before the kick is actually taken but it's early in the game I think Watford did want to take it fairly quickly just felt a bit rushed it wasn't quite right and uh, we got punished for it so it was a real disappointing start because I thought we have got plenty of time to get back in the game. I wasn't too worried about that, but I was just thinking it's going to add a lot of pressure to players who haven't played in a while. And it doesn't mean they can be comfortable in the way they play. It means there's going to have to be a bit more urgency now, not just because sometimes our style, style takes a little bit of time to get used to, but also now they've got to try and find a goal to, to get level again. Yeah, Matthias Martins is a really clinical finish. And Lumley, he did really get, uh, really good against Warsaw, made a couple of really good saves, but also he came off his line brilliantly. He's re he was really good on the ball as well. And you look at McCarthy on the bench, Jamie. I, th I think mm. I mentioned this to Ollie for the, a previous podcast, but where do you see his future? Do you think we can get him gone by transfer deadline day? There were some you know, small links away from the club, but as a third choice on what is reportedly our, one of our highest earners in the club, that's for sure. Where does he really stand? Honestly, I have no idea because no Premier League team will go will pay those wages because realistically he's not good enough to be a first team keeper in the Prem. 
I, th- I definitely think it's good enough to be a first team keeper in the championship. But yet again, no one will pay the same amount of wages. So I, I do think Alex McCarthy will just see out the rest of his contract because unless he goes somewhere like Saudi, which I saw a link to, but I think that was nothing like like, like a tier three source. As like, was it, what's, the, what's, the, what's the Twitter account there? There's the Saints tier list. I want to say Just Saints. That's it, it yeah, Just Saints. It's like a bronze medal source. So I didn't trust it at all. However, like, yeah, like I said, I don't see any way he get, leaves the club purely because he's on that much money. Why would you go else, anywhere else, even if it is to play? Well, you look at that first half performance, there wasn't a lot to shout about from a Saints perspective, and it could have got a lot worse. Sirolta headed wide from a corner. Taylor Highwood Bellis did a really good slide tackle to stop Aspuria. We only had two shots, one on target, nine shots, and three on target for Watford. And you sort of mentioned it earlier on, you said have to go too in depth, but do you think a lot of that? was the the major changes that even though we had really good players on the pitch if they've not played a lot it's going to take them a while to get used to the system to get used to actually being up against a championship opposition they're not used to playing with the players they're playing with either there's just so many different factors that makes it tough for them to really get into a game no yeah I agree I think one of the factors which was uh pointed out to me by my roving reporter um the location (laughs) of the fullbacks and the fact that we have probably two of the most attacking fullbacks maybe in the league, both playing with each other. And what they do is they bomb on and really push the opposition back. So we get a lot of our width and a lot of our a lot of our attacking output, a lot of our transition play is through the the, the wing backs. And I think potentially on the weekend what we saw was two players who weren't as confident uh, in in attacking as people like Carl Walker Peters that, that we see is Probably, I think, the best right-back in the league, especially attacking as well, provides so much um, for our play when we're trying to really push the opposition back. We probably didn't see that. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of things that change when you bring in nine changes. But I think potentially, yeah, our, our, our full-backs weren't as dangerous, especially in that first half. Yeah, Oli mentioned confidence there, Jamie. Do you think that's a big part of it, that if a player's been sat on the bench for two, three weeks, they're thinking, I've got my opportunity here. I want to prove myself. But if I really, if I really, really try and make a mistake, then I might be sat on the bench mm-hmm. for weeks on end again. So you look at maybe Sakumari, you look at Carlos Alcaraz. After a, a quiet first-half performance, they might not play... Maybe for quite a while, mate, unless you look at the replay and think that's a bit another chance for them there. Um, sorry, breaking news from Bravano David Brooks, Southampton on loan. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> what, that's crazy! So that's a little great chat, but yeah, ah. welcome to Southampton, David Brooks. What's your question, Harry? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just uh, um, just about the confidence of the ah, players yes. that if they if they haven't played for a long while, they're going to really try, but they, if they make mistakes, they mm-hmm. might be thinking, oh, I'm going to be out of favour again. I thought a perfect example of that was um, the young lad, J- Jaden Meghoma. I thought he was brilliant, and again, especially the second half, where I thought he's the brilliant job trying to trying to do like, the roles of Ryan Manning's and Kyle Walker Peters, where he was doing the pressing forward. But yet again, he still came back and defended pretty well. And it's a shame when he came off towards the end of the match, it was, a, it was a good time though to bring on more minutes for like San and Maweo. But I think that's a perfect example of how what you're saying is yeah, the players who had had a long time out of this team, because realistically, I don't think we've even seen him on the bench that much, let alone in the starting eleven. And I think he really proved his point, especially with the injuries to James Bree, 
and then obviously Juan Larios, whether he may come back. He's really, so I think, hopefully cementing his place as like a third choice left or right back now for us. Well, in the second half, some of the sideline players couldn't do the job. So Martin looks at his trusted players. Off came Rothwell, Charles, Diblings and Adams, even though uh, Che Adams has done really well recently. For Stuart Armstrong, Smallbone, Adam Armstrong and Fraser. What added impetus do you think that gave us, Oli? Do you think, you know, players with confidence that have done really well recently are just there to keep proving the point to Martin that they should be starting? Because footballers, I think you mentioned it last week, really, they just they just want to be on the pitch. So they might be thinking, well, you've benched me for this game. Let me show you why I really I really should have started. I've got plenty of energy. I didn't need a rest. Yeah, it's a perfect opportunity, yeah, to really show the difference between the the kind of rotational players and the first team. And they showed exceptionally what they were good at. The Stuart Armstrong, really progressive. I thought Smallbone was fantastic at cleaning up loose ends in the midfield when he came on. Adam Armstrong always looks dangerous. And Fraser, from the minute he came on, was shifting it past the winger and trying to put balls in the box as well. So they all did what they've been great at this season. And they did it straight away as soon as they came on the pitch. And there was part of you that thought, this, if you did this at half time, maybe you would have seen that impact for 45 minutes and we could have had a completely different game. But when they came on, yeah, they looked so strong, uh, so quick and um, really showed the difference there. And yeah, I just wonder, maybe could it have been done a little bit earlier? I know 63 is still fairly early for substitutions, but I just think near the end of the game, we looked like we were pushing for a second and even like 10 minutes, if you did it at like 55 or something like that, would that extra 10 minutes maybe cause another goal by the end of the game? You don't, you don't know. Now, we kept pushing for that equaliser, as Jamie mentioned before. Holgate's thumping strike was pushed wide before Stuart Armstrong's really clever finish. He got two assists against Swansea, Jamie, and he comes off the bench to get a really important goal for us. Talk about his impacts, but also that really nice goal as well from the edge of the box. I thought it was such a clever finish because he opened up his body completely to the right. It tricked me even watching it as well because it felt like a bit of like slow motion when it was happening. You could see the whole left side of the goal just open up and he's just looking the other way. And I was like, what are you doing? It's absolutely brilliant finish and a good revenge as well, you know, because obviously with his Stuart Armstrong's villain arc, he was one wasting time when he got subbed off last last visit to Watford and which caused them to get their, to get their last minute winner. And he came back and did it for us. And it was brilliant to see. I think he's in some really good form at the moment. I, I always love it when he's in the starting eleven because I think he does bring a different style of football to Russell Martin compared, compared to like some more defensive players. But yeah, lovely finish from Big Stew. And I love how, how fine his hair is, just like Ollie. <laughs> Now, it would be a criminal offence if I didn't talk about um, Stuart Armstrong. I didn't let Ollie speak about one of his goals <laughs> as he's one of, one of his favourite players. So yeah. unleash on us about Stuart Armstrong. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Jamie covered it perfectly. Um, but it's fantastic the way he's he snuck it in near post. He's sent about five players all covering that right-hand side and he sneaks it in the left. So it's a really smart finish and it, he just looks completely under control whenever he's doing it as well. It doesn't seem like he's he's lashing at it. He, he kind of knows what he wants to do, and it's just a bit of it's just a bit of experience. It's a cool head, isn't it? But it's interesting. I quite I've got a real not an affinity because I'm not, but I really like <laughs> uh, a player with a bit of experience that's also in a creative role as well. I think something with this 
this Stuart Armstrong, Ryan Fraser, they've got they've got that experience, but the way that they play, they don't rely on that kind of youthful energy as much. They kind of they're smart with what they're doing, and it's more their their technical ability that they're drawing on, but also the 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 smart decisions they make as well. And I think it's just a a perfect recipe for the championship, really, because yeah, you get that. You get that bit of experience, but you still get that creative flair. It's just smart decisions and it's clever rather than kind of raw talent, which is quick and a little bit unpredictable, which I think we used to go for quite a lot because there was high ceilings with those players. Whereas I think Stuart Armstrong and Fraser are just doing exactly what we need them to do right now, which is is pretty ideal. Now, the second half was completely different to the first. 17 shots and seven on target. When you look at full time, from all the changes that we made, uh, I'll stick with you, Ollie. Do you think anyone did miss an opportunity to impress? You look at Sakumara, someone that's done really well off the bench as what people call a finisher, 20 minutes once they're, once they're already stretched and has got a few goals, but couldn't quite have the same level of impact. Alcaraz won start in eight championship matches. This was his opportunity to prove why he should be in a really you know, packed midfield of quality, but he couldn't really do too much. Where do you sit on that? Yeah, I think Alcaraz was one player that I wanted to highlight because I think he was involved with the game, but he wasn't really making his mark, it felt like. It it felt like he was trying a lot. And I think sometimes when you can be so eager to impress, you can really like force things that don't have to be done. They don't have to be rushed. That You don't have to play that kind of killer ball through. I think sometimes the simple option can still open up space. And I feel like Alcaraz is a little bit of a a victim of that sometimes. He really wants to impress and he wants to do the kind of spectacular stuff to really get us to get seen. And sometimes you don't need to be that, yeah, to try and always try and find that, yeah, that killer pass or that that perfect shot, just playing it simple sometimes is the, the best way to play. So I think, yeah, I think he got a little bit caught out with that. I think Mara again, but these are two both young players. I have to keep reminding myself that Alcaraz is only 21. I think that's, yeah. Mm. And I mean, with some of our youth prospects are, are older than that. They're, I mean, not the ones that played on the weekend, but yeah, there were some some people you look in at the team and think, oh, 21, he's one of the youngest, one of the youngest people in the squad. So you have to bear that in mind. He is, he is young. And I think, yeah, sometimes that, that eagerness to do something really special sometimes lets his game down a little bit. Now, a lot of Saints fans were pushing um, all season, really, for more minutes for young players. Sam Amo Amayor, Tyler Dibbling being two of them as well, both 17. And they've both, maybe it's hard to say, but struggled when they've started. Did you did you feel sorry for him at all, Jamie, in, in that first hour that as a as a 17-year-old, you know, he's he can still play for the under-23s for another four years that we shouldn't really expect too much from them. And it does show the gap in quality from under-21s football all the way to the senior game that really we should be fair to Russell Martin and say they'll start when he feels that they're they're ready. Now, I think feeling sorry for her isn't necessarily the right thing, Harry, because if anything, it's just inspiring the fact that he is 17 and getting into men's football because I think there's lots of players in that 21, so a lot older than him, who'd love to be in that position. However, Russell thinks that Tyler is ready for it and maybe... Yes, that Watford game wasn't the best time to bring him into the fold. However, he evidently tried his best, but didn't quite ha- didn't quite come off for him this game. But yeah, I wouldn't say so. 
feel sorry for them. But it's just more of like well done to them being in that position where Russell thinks that they're ready to go for it. It's just like I said, I don't think Watford was the best team to play them against because it's a, it's a top side championship team, not necessarily like a League One or lower bot, lower half side. So it was a, it still was a tough game, and it's, it's fair enough to him the fact that he played in it. So, Jamie, do you think that they're more of impact subs with 10 minutes left when the defence mm. has been stretched? Because you saw Dibbling against Sheffield Wednesday. It was absolutely fantastic. Even though he's only on for a few minutes, straight away wants to get on the ball, beats a man, shoots just wide. You saw Amo Amo earlier in the season. When he started against QPR, he wasn't too great. But, you know, look at the game against Plymouth, he did really well. So do you feel like they still have a really important place in our side as you know, off the bench with 10 minutes left if we're 2 or 3 nil up and that's when they should get their opportunities. Oh, 100%. I think, it's, like I say, it's a perfect time at the moment with the injuries to Sam and then obviously Suleimano who's just coming back. Dibbling and then Sam Amoeu has this perfect chance then to prove why they should be that impact sub, the Ryan Fraser-like player where they can come on when everyone's tired. Especially, like I said, the young players, they're extremely skillful, pacey. They can make a real problem in the side they do it in the 21s I think it's perfect opportunity for them to come on the last 15 to show why they can do it in the first team now we talked about the nine changes right at the start Ollie and you you wanted him to make substitutes earlier that being Russell Martin but we get that one all draw do you almost feel that he's possibly created a problem for himself in an already packed February period that's another Tuesday game that we've got to maneuver ourselves around in terms of switching the training schedules and more players are going to have to have minutes because he's going to want to get through that game especially as a home one the the home fans at St Mary's will not take losing a game like that so maybe he'll make less changes meaning that more players will have minutes in their legs or do you look at it and go, well, it's another opportunity for more of the sideline players to make an impact. It's it's one of those tough ones. Mm. And especially when this was, game was going on with the Liverpool one as well. I, I'm not saying we we should have thrown it because we've got Liverpool in the next round because you never know what might mm. happen. But I think the the replay was kind of like the worst case scenario, I think. If you gave players a chance to play, it was unsuccessful. And we went out, we could focus on the league. Okay, fantastic. If we won and went through, carry on momentum and those, you know, it's it's great. But I think a replay means we've got an extra fixture, which will, if we do get through, we're most likely playing Liverpool, who are on a good season and they've obviously they've got something they they want to prove. They're they're still in all four of their domestic competitions, so they want to try and uh, go as far as they can in this competition. So they're not going to let up easy on us. Um. So yeah, like you said, it's an extra it's an extra fixture um, that we don't really want. Oh, Jamie, you're gone. I was going to say, I saw a, a, a tactical insight from Russell Martin that he purposely drew the game so he can have add another fixture to the unbeaten streak. <laughs> that's that's what I'm hearing from my inside sources. But yeah, I, so I don't about so, that. I mean, but yeah, talking about the un, unbeaten run, I'd be interesting to see what you guys thought about it. Because when we went 1-0 down, the first thing that I thought was, oh, are we going to be able to get in this game? I thought, oh no, is this the unbeaten run? kind of coming to a close. So are we almost putting a little bit of pressure? Do you think there's just a little bit of added pressure? Or do you reckon overall it is still a net positive having 21, 22? Because I know Jamie said that uh, we've got a replay. That means we've got an extra an extra game to our beaten, unbeaten run. But do you think it is still a net positive having the, this unbeaten run? Or do you think we should have the kind of bravery to 
potentially lose one in the cup, but then still try and continue that on in the league. See, I think we had that problem a bit earlier in the season when I think we drew three of four away games or something like that. The Coventry game, the Watford game, the Huddersfield game, two of the three where we were one nil up until the last few minutes. It did feel that we didn't have that killer instincts because we, we didn't want to lose the game or we didn't want to maybe draw the game late on that we were so defensive we didn't properly go <laughs> for it um but overall i think it's really good because it it means that players are confident there's a reason for the people that aren't playing to not be playing if they go to the manager's office and go boss why am i not getting in the team they could go well everyone's playing really well we're 22 games unbeaten when we lose or when someone has a bad game then fair enough but there's no reason to what you'd like to say change your change your winning system now that will Obviously, probably, but hopefully not change if we get Liverpool in the next round of the Cup. When we were 1-0 down, I was really disappointed because we're in the FA Cup. I love the FA Cup. I'm, I'm similar to most fans. And then I saw we pulled Liverpool at half-time of that game and thought, you know what? It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But um, I've said my piece. Jamie, what do you think? I think it's exciting. I think it's a very exciting chance to test um, how our team's playing as a Premier League opposition because... I think I remember like everyone saying when Burnley got promoted to the Premier League because they play a similar style of football that we did when they were in the Championship. That um, that they're, now they're really struggling in the Prem because obviously they can't really keep up the pace of the better opposition. So I think it's a great chance to continue, well, hopefully continue our uh, our unbeaten spree. And if we were to lose it against Liverpool, I think no one can really be too disappointed because of the fact they are probably going to win the Premier League this year if they keep up their pace they're at now. And I just see it as an exciting opportunity to, even if we do lose, to see if we can match a Premier League side. And also, if we lose to a team like that of our our streak, I don't feel as bad. If we lose it to, I don't know, Ipswich or or someone like that, I sort of feel, oh, I've got that sinking feeling. Whereas, even though it would be our, it wouldn't be the uh, the league form. Overall, you lose it to a really good side. Now, before we talk about Rotherham, let's talk about transfer deadline day. And Jamie mentioned it early in the podcast. David Brooks seems like he's going to be joining the Saints on a loan deal until the end of the season. Fabrizio Romano tweeted it just now as we're recording. And I go go to Ollie. What do you think of this addition? I don't know too much about him. The extent of my knowledge is that he is a right winger, left-footed. <laughs> That's as far as I've gone because I've been desperately trying to do some some research while we're also recording and while my internet's also playing off as well. So that's as much as I've got, unfortunately. But I think we did need some competition on the right-hand side. So I think that's probably why he's been brought in. I think fans were looking for uh, another winger. And I think questions were asked of uh, Rothwell because they were like, oh, is that going to take up one of our um, low knee spots? But that shouldn't be a problem. I think, as you mentioned a couple of episodes, Harry, it's just... How many are in this squad? Correct. So it, hopefully that that shouldn't that shouldn't cause a problem anyway. So um, yeah, I think it's a, a nice little bit of added quality that that might need that we you know it just could be a benefit coming into that second run of the season, bit of fresh legs and try and keep the the people in the squad on their toes a little bit as well. Now Brooks, a really good player in his day, seven goals and five assists, I think, in the Premier League in the 2018-19 season. And he's got a really inspiring story behind him as well. Ollie mentioned it just there, but is he the profile of player that we that we really want? A right winger, something that we haven't got a lot of in this squad, but his left footedness also means that he can cut in and shoot from the edge of the box as well. Because he, he's been demanding first team football, and even though he's done well in the FA Cup, and Bournemouth wanted to keep him, 
it looks like we've got it over the line. I think with with Derek Brooks, after everything he's been through with his cancer treatment, you don't want to just go to sit on the bench. You want to go through such a massive turmoil in your life. You want to be playing football, doing the thing you love. Then you probably recently that's what he fought for to get back into doing. And probably kept him going through all those dark days he had in his treatment. And that's why so he won't want to sit on the bench at Bournemouth. And Southampton's a perfect opportunity to, to do to play first team football. It's only only down the road, won't be too much of a move. And all you have to do is work, learn the system, and pro- risky won't probably get in for the first few games. Everyone knows how 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 demanding Russell is. Everyone knowing how to play his football, but once he gets up to that standard, I it could be, I think it could be very tough to see him leave that starting eleven. Now that must mean that the Manuel Benson links from Burnley have all been rubbish. But you mentioned the loan situation there, Ollie. Do you think that might mean that Holgate's going to leave the club before the end of the season? He's only really getting minutes in in the cup competitions, and we we could be out of that very soon. I don't know. So he's going to be the one that would be out of the squad with all the other lone players really having a an integral role. Yeah, well, if we think think out loud, we've got Howard Bellis, who's pretty much undroppable from centre-back. Fraser, who, again, Loney, who's having a really substantial uh, contribution. Downs, again, is a pretty almost undroppable player in the midfield. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, got Holgate and Rothwell. Yeah, well, I think Rothwell's not coming down to sit on the bench, so I think he will be involved uh, as much as possible. So, yeah, I think if you look at that, I think Holgate is possibly the weakest one out of them. And I don't really think he's had an inspiring performance. I th- Yeah, I think he'll be possibly the one to, to drop out a little bit. I think I had question marks when he joined and he had some really poor first couple of games as well where he was making mistakes. Now, admittedly, a lot of people were making mistakes at the start of the the system and getting used to it, but I think he's been one of the players who looks like he hasn't adapted. And if there's stronger players like uh, ready to come in, then maybe we have to be a little bit ruthless and say, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look like you're, at the moment, the, with the performances you put in, it doesn't look like you'll be staying around. Now, with the transfer deadline day coming up, there's obviously going to be outgoings and incomings from all different clubs. We're going to ignore the outgoing possibility because there's no chance that Jay Adams or Carl Walker-Peters will leave, even though they've been linked away. But Jamie, in a perfect world, is there any other position that you'd want to add? Or are you happy with the complexion of the squads and the depth overall? Um... I think it's that's a good question actually because I think you said we've now we've now we've had that right wing position effectively sorted with Brooks coming in the one player we never replaced in the window was Teller. I think maybe the only place would be a wing back situation obviously with the injuries to Bree. But now, like I said, with Jaden playing extremely well against Watford, that kind of solves that problem in a way if he can keep up the form. So I honestly don't really see anywhere we would need to fit in anyone. I think it's a perfect way to wrap up the transfer window is bringing in a player that we never replaced in the summer. So I'm quite happy, to be honest. Now on to Rotherham. Back to the championship we go. It's third place uh, versus bottom of the league. We drew one all at St Mary's, which was actually the last time we didn't win at home. And if you look at Rotherham, nine points from safety, 15 of their 19 points have come at home. So they're definitely stronger. I think they've got four points um, on their travels, which isn't great for us uh, dropping points, although it was a, a really good goal from Hugh Gill. Now, Ollie, what would you do? You look at the team, look at the game overall. What are your thoughts? For me, I don't think there's too many players who started in that eleven from the nine changes that 
deserve to keep their spot, really. I don't think anyone had inspiring performances. So, I mean, there's a few of the the regulars that I think should probably keep their place. But, yeah, for me, I'd be just going back to the, the 11 that have been performing their best. Fingers crossed, try and get a handle of the game early. In the first 45, just go for it. And then maybe if those players who were, were in the cup side want a chance to prove themselves, again, maybe do it the other way around, get the early subs on, but give um, give them the opportunity to come into a, a game where hopefully we're in control and there, there's less pressure on it. Because I think you look at someone dibbling within five minutes or so, we were already down. He had to try and make something happen, a lot of pressure on the creative players. But if, we're, if we are at the opportunity where we are maybe 2-1, 3-1 up, something like that, and then you can bring on an attacking player, I think it's much less pressure, pressure. And I think that's important for young players because they will make mistakes. They have to because that's how where they learn from it. But it's an environment where there's a lot less, a lot less pressure on them. Now, in matches like this, Jamie, is it important to avoid complacency? Look at how good our run's been. 22 games unbeaten, loads and loads of away wins in there. The Swansea one was especially good. A 3-1 where we've we've scored plenty of goals the first time that we've scored more than one since the 25th of November. Mm. Are these the matches where Russell Martin's really got to G up his players more than other fixtures and go, look, I know you expect to win, but you still have to go out there and do the business? I think I would agree with that if we played our strongest 11 against Watford in that one or draw, I think then they would be pretty demotivated and pretty, probably quite frankly, annoyed at themselves because they had that like that bad of a performance. But now where they rested so many players, I think everyone will still have that momentum from from the Swansea game and how positive that was, and that hopefully will carry on in with Rov- against Rotherham away. And I think we should see a pretty pretty impressive performance because they now have a point to prove as to why they start the games and not the people that start against Watford. And looking at that three o'clock kickoff, we could be all the way down in fourth place. Leeds play on the Friday night against Bristol City. They had a really good win in the previous midweek against Norwich, so they could overtake us. Ollie, would that play on the players' minds, do you think? Or do you think they'll almost ignore that and go, as long as we play our own game, we should be completely fine? Yeah, I, I think that's what the manager, I think that's what the players will be aiming at. I think we have to we have to play our own game first. I think, like you previously mentioned, I think the there is potentially a complacency that you might think, oh, we're playing bottom of the league. But when we came into the championship, the one thing that we were mentioning is that anyone can beat anyone on their day. So you can't just look at it and think they've had a poor, poor start to the season, therefore the three points are already ours. That's not the case anything could happen on the day so yeah I think the main thing for me is that the players still go in there still have that hunger still want to prove themselves and uh, hopefully can put away the chances and stuff early because the last thing that I want is uh, kind of hanging on waiting for a goal against an opposition which we know we should be beating let's be honest we want to stay where we are and push for automatic promotions these are games that we have to win but the players also have to be up for it as well. Now you look at the rest of our February fixtures, obviously got Rotherham away, Watford in a replay, Huddersfield at home, Bristol City away, West Bromwich Albion away, Hull City at home, and then Millwall at home. Seven fixtures, a lot of them in the championship there, Jamie. Mm. And you look later in the month, West Brom, Hull, 
Is it too early to look ahead at those games? Do you think we have to just focus on what we have right now in terms of Rotherham and Huddersfield, two teams that have really struggled? I think that the Terriers have just let go of Darren Moore as well. So they're they're in a bit of disrepute. How do you look at this month? Because it could be it could be season defining. Yeah, I think I, I I think that we had a big problem in the start of the season. We had our like three or four losses in a row. Is when we, we that's when we were looking too far ahead, as we're trying to plan around how we fight these big teams, how we play against them. But I do think we need to hit one game at a time now, because like I said, it's a it's a long month. Championships, brutal games, and it's just about looking at the game in front of you because that's when you that's when you don't lose complacency because you just think about one thing and one thing only. I guess it's like going back to the point of the Watford game coming in again. I guess I can also argue that's quite annoying. Like I know I said about the unbeaten run as it's adding more games to this month. But going to your point about being season-defining, I think you're right, Harry, because where there is so many games, it's where this is where that we start to separate ourselves from, hopefully from from Leeds and Ipswich, and you could probably argue Westboro and Coventry aren't too far behind everyone else. It's the point where we need to secure that automatic automatic points promotion and don't even try and risk it in the playoffs. That's not a position I want to be in. Right, time for my favourite part of the podcast. It's score prediction time. Rotherham versus Southampton. Ollie, what do you think is going to happen? I think it will be a 3-0. Convincing. Mm-hmm. Very, very <laughs> convincing, yeah. I've been confident for once. And Jamie? Oh, I think... It's been, we haven't had a clean sheet in a while, so I think I'll go similar scores line to Ollie and go for a 2-0 comfortable win against Roland. I'll go for a 2-0 win as well. I think they'll start the game really quickly. They'll start it well, but we'll see out the really tough periods and get all three points on the board. Anyway, that's all we've got time for for this week's episode of the podcast. We reviews the one-all draw against Watford in the FA Cup. Had a look at possible oppositions including Liverpool away in the next round and what that could bring the transfer news David Brooks is coming in on loan before previewing the big game away to Rotherham my name's Harry Tizard I've been joined by Ollie Boasts thank you very much for listening and Jamie Allen thank you very much guys I'm glad to be back Hopefully next week we'll be reviewing a big win against Rotherham as well as previewing matches against Watford and Huddersfield. We'll see you next week.